give you just a little bit of word. I'm not going to keep you long. Over in John, the Gospel of John, chapter 10. I'm going to do just a little bit of reading here. John chapter 10, verse 1 says, Most assuredly I say to you, he who does not enter the sheepfold by the door, but climbs up some other way, the same is a thief and a robber. But he who enters by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. To him the doorkeeper opens, and the sheep hear his voice, and he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. And when he brings out his own sheep, he goes before them, and the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. Yet they will by no means follow a stranger, but will flee from him, for they do not know the voice of strangers. And I'm going to skip some parts here. Verse 11, Jesus said, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd gives his life for the sheep, but a hireling, he who is not the shepherd, one who does not own the sheep, sees the wolf coming and leaves the sheep and flees. And the wolf catches the sheep and scatters them. The hireling flees because he is a hireling and does not care about the sheep. I am the good shepherd, and I know my sheep, and am, and, and am known by my own. Jesus said he was the good shepherd. And the Bible gives us references that God gives us pastors to watch over us. And those pastors are referenced as shepherd. And we as the people of God as sheep. And God places those pastors or those shepherds over us to watch over us and to keep us. And it's under the anointing of God that God does that. It's God's anointing over the shepherds. I'm, I'm going to kind of condense a little bit. If you go to the Psalms, Psalms chapter 23, David knew a little something about the shepherd. He says, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. And he goes on and describes all the characteristics of a good shepherd. And I thank God that he placed our pastor over us. She watches over her flock. She keeps us safe. She is not a hireling. When trouble comes, she does not flee. David, as we read over in Psalms chapter, or you can look at Psalms chapter 23. But if you go to the book of Samuel, David, as a, as a young boy, as he's standing there in the valley or up on the mountaintop at the valley between Israel and the um, Philistines at that time David's there visiting his brothers and he sees Goliath standing out there and he goes to Saul and says uh, you know what king I'll take care of this problem for you and Saul looks at him and says David I, I appreciate your enthusiasm but you're just a boy and I don't think you can handle this and David says look Saul you don't understand he says I was, a, I was a shepherd that watched over the sheep and when the bear came and the lion came, I protected my sheep. I defeated the bear, and I defeated the lion. And it was by the hand of God that I was able to do this. And with God, well, I'm paraphrasing this, as you know, and with God's help, I'll do the same to that Philistine that stands out there calling out the army of Israel. 
So David knew something about being a shepherd. He knew the importance of standing when others flee. The importance of holding your ground when others turn their back and run. When others are trembling and shaking in their armor, the true shepherd will stand firm and protect the sheep and give the life for their sheep if necessary. That is the heart of a true shepherd. And I thank God that we have a true shepherd that watches over us, does not flee in times of trouble, does not turn our back when our sheep are in need or when times are difficult, but will hold our ground and trust in the Lord, not in her own strength, but as David did, trust in the Lord and say, my God is able to do all things. My God delivered me out of the hand of the bear and out of the lion's mouth, and he'll do the same against this giant that stands out there. David had faith in his God, and our pastor has faith in her God. And I appreciate that. I've never seen her lack faith. I've never seen her falter in times of tribulation, in times of trial. She stand firm and she stood her ground when most of us would have turned and run. And so I do appreciate that. I, now, like I said, I'm not going to keep you long. I had a whole thing laid out here for you guys, but I'm not, I'm not going to do that. I do want to take you to the book of Exodus. Exodus chapter 17. Can I, can I just go over real quickly? I want to give you real quickly... The eight characteristics. Now, I'm not going to get into this, but I was going to, but I'm not going to. I just want to read these off to you. We may come back to these later on. The eight characteristics, or eight qualities, if you will, of a good shepherd or a good leader. Number one is setting boundaries. Now, you can find all these, and maybe, maybe this will be a good study to do one day. You can find all eight of these characteristics over there in the um, Gospel of John chapter 10 that we were beginning to read out of you will find every one of these characteristics or qualities in a good shepherd a good shepherd sets boundaries for the sheep sets boundaries for the sheep a good shepherd is an example for the sheep an example for the sheep a good shepherd is trustworthy is trustworthy number four is provision. A good shepherd provides for their sheep, provides what the sheep needs. Amen. And I'm not going to get into detail on this, but it's a very interesting study. Uh, number five is sacrificial or sacrifice. A good shepherd will sacrifice. If you look there in that passage over in John chapter uh, 10 you will see five different times when Jesus Jesus says that the shepherd will give his life for the sheep sacrifice for the sheep number six is invested in the sheep a good shepherd is invested into his sheep or into his flock has an investment there not just monetary 
but cares for, tends to the needs of the sheep. Number seven is relational. Relational. Okay? And number eight is visionary. These are eight qualities of a good shepherd or a good leader. And we can come back to that. Hey, if you guys want me to, I can break it down today. Ronnie, at least Ronnie's saying, being honest, see, we'd, we'd come back to that later, right? <laughs> we'll come back to that later. But it is very interesting when you begin to look there in John chapter 10 and you begin to break that down and then you look at the eight qualities that are listed there in that chapter. And they're all related to the shepherd and the sheep. Amen. But I want to take you over into the book of Exodus real quick. Exodus chapter 17. And this is where I want you to really pay attention this morning. Really pay attention this morning. Because if you don't, I've got a whole list of stuff I can go back to. Over in Exodus chapter 17, verse 8, says, Now Amalek came and fought with Israel and Rephidim. And Moses said to Joshua, Choose us some men and go and fight with Amalek. Tomorrow I will stand on the top of the hill with the rod of God in my hand. So Joshua did as Moses said to him and fought with Amalek. And Moses and Aaron and Ur went up to the top of the hill. And so it was when Moses, when Moses held up his hand that Israel prevailed. And when he let down his hand, Amalek prevailed. But Moses' hands became heavy. Moses was the shepherd. Moses was the leader. Moses was the man that God had picked to deliver Israel. It was Moses that God had set in charge over this vast array of people as they left Egypt and heading to their promised land. And it was Moses that told Joshua, Joshua, pick out some men. We have to go to war. We have to go to battle. And Joshua, I'm going to go up on the hill. And I'm going to be up on the hill with Aaron and Ur up on that hill. And you'll see me up there on that hill. And the Bible says that as Moses' hands were lifted up on that mountainside, that Israel would begin to defeat its enemies at that time. But if you've ever tried the exercise of holding your hands up for very long, you know it's not long before your arms begin to get tired and your hands begin to get heavy. And they begin to get lower and lower and lower and lower to finally you just go gotta have a break and Moses, and the Bible says that when Moses' hand would come down that Israel's enemies would begin to defeat them so in my mind's eyes I can see Moses just straining to hold his hands up because he's watching on the hillside that as his hands go down his people are being defeated. His people 
are losing their lives. And I can only imagine that Moses did everything in his power to keep his hands up. But he's human. He's just a man. And his arms would grow weary and they would fall to his side. And the Bible says, so they took a stone and put it under him and he sat down on that stone and Aaron and her supported his hands the two men that went up on the hill with him as Moses' hands began to grow weary those two that he took up on the hill said, Moses, sit down right here. And one on either side of him. They began to hold his hands up. And when Moses had no strength left in his arms to hold them up, they were there to hold his hands up for him. They were there to support him and to undergird him, if you will. See, these men were no fools either. They seen the very thing that Moses seen, that when Moses' hands went down, their brothers were losing their lives as well out there on that battlefield. And so they said, sit down right here. one on either side, and they held those hands up in the air. And they said, and then Aaron and Ur supported his hands, one on one side and one on the other, and his hands were steady until the going down of the sun. So jo Joshua defeated Amalek and his people with the edge of the sword. Then the Lord said to Moses, Write this for a memorial in the book and recount it in the hearing of Joshua that I will utterly blot out, the, blot out the remembrance of Amalek from under heaven. And Moses built an altar and called its name, The Lord is My Banner, or Jehovah Nisi. I encourage you today, for all the times that our pastor's been there for you, and for all the times maybe she's been there for your family, Begin to think about holding her arms up now. Begin to think, now it's my time to undergird her. Now it's my time to step up and say, let me hold up your arms. Let me be on one side and you be on the other side. And hold up the arms. Because she stands in the gap for us. She stands in the gap for each one of us. Her prayer life is, I would say, close to unmatchable. Constant prayer. And not 
ordinary prayer, prayer that I have a difficult time entering into, which is intercessory prayer. Intercessory prayer is a prayer where you intercede on behalf of somebody else. But it's also a prayer that has warfare along with it. So our prayer life like she has is more than just a God bless me prayer. It's I'm going to battle prayer. I'm going to step in defense for my sheep. I have a sheep that is in need and I'm going to stand and fight the enemy and fend off the enemy for my sheep. So I encourage you this morning, amen, just to think about holding her arms up at this time and undergirding her, amen.